The following podcast is sponsored by Structure Tech. It seems like you should just be able to go to the store and get a smoke alarm and be done with it, but it's really tough to figure out what you want. Yeah. I mean, you go there, it's going to be like an eight foot wide bay by, you know, eight feet so tall. So many options. And yeah, what the heck are you supposed to pick out? Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich, alongside my co-hosts, Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about some safety systems in your home and just clear the air about a few things. And we're going to jump into this right away, talking about smoke detectors. What? Did you say smoke detector? <laughs> yes. I Hold said on. Smoke detectors. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I just okay. saw the fire in Uh-oh. Ruben's eyes. Yeah, well, we got it. We're going to have to restart this whole show, Bill. It, no, okay, go on. Well, we're going to talk about smoke detectors and carbon monoxide alarms and okay. various things. You mean CO2 detectors? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're just being silly. What, what are they, carbon dioxide okay. alarms? Uh, <laughs> I'm about to walk out of here, Bill. <laughs> Pushing every button Ruben has yeah, right now. Yeah, it's like, you ever, you ever watch that, there's a YouTube video, it's like make dad mad video, it's like people putting in batteries backwards <laughs> <laughs> appliances and all the like stuff that just makes your skin crawl. Yeah, yeah it's, it's smoke alarm, Bill. Okay. It's a smoke alarm. Now, a detector is an old word. A lot of people still say smoke detector, but the detector really only refers to a device that detects smoke. When you say smoke alarm, it's a device that has a detector built in and it also has an alarming device. Now, when you have like a monitored system in a commercial building, they will have remote smoke detectors and then they will have sirens that go off if it detects smoke. And maybe it'll even contact the fire department. Who knows? But That so- may have happened once in my youth while living in a downtown apartment. We won't go there. <laughs> That's a different podcast. 2 a.m. when the door was being pounded on by somebody. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, I digress. So, so yeah, we're, we're talking uh, smoke alarms. And no, you, you got the other part right. CO alarm or carbon monoxide. And Tessa, you're, you're giving me a hard time because, you know, we don't tolerate CO2 alarms. Yeah, we hear it's, that a lot. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's usually when parents come to the inspection. And well, a like, lot of real estate agents say CO2 detectors, too. Sure, sure. It's CO, carbon monoxide, mono one, mono. Okay, so let's let's dive into these smoke detectors. Oh, God, I forgot already. <laughs> we so, should put a shot collar in the bill. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so what are we dealing with? What's on the shelf when we go to the big box store to protect our loved ones from catastrophic event in their home at night? It seems like you should just be able to go to the store and get a smoke alarm and be done with it. But it's really tough to figure out what you want. I mean, you go there, it's going to be like an eight foot wide bay by, you know, eight feet tall. So many options. And yeah, what the heck are you supposed to pick out? Yeah. They're, and they're all just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. The most expensive one. Then you'll be safe for sure. Well, you know, Probably. that'd be nice, but <laughs> not not always. And let's start with the basics. Number one, there's two different types of smoke alarms. Ionization and photoelectric. That's right. Now, the ionization ones, the benefit to those is they go off a lot faster if you have a flaming fire. If you actually have something that's burning and you've got big flames, it'll go off like 30 seconds faster. So it's not a big difference, but 
that is where they <laughs> perform better. I didn't realize it was 30 seconds faster. It, it's Well, it depends on the type of fire. Okay. And I'm just kind of giving yeah. an average. But okay. it's not much. Yeah. And they say if it's a fast flaming fire, every second counts. So right. they kind of make a big deal okay. out of these 30 seconds. Yeah. Sure. But the thing where I don't think this matters all that much, when you have a big fast flaming fire, if you're going to be alerted by your smoke alarm, this is where you don't have a lot of smoke leading up to the fire. It just flashes over. It's usually going to be something that happens in the kitchen. It's usually going to be an attended fire where you know about it. The smoke alarm isn't telling you you got a fire. You're already aware. So I, I personally, I don't, I don't think that's a huge benefit. Now with photoelectric smoke alarms, those go off a lot faster when you have a slow smoldering fire. That's the mm-hmm. type where you know, if you got a smoker in the home and they leave a cigarette burning in bed or something like that, or mm-hmm. maybe a space heater tips over, mm-hmm. something like that, that's going to be the slow smoldering kind. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say a lot of houses today with all the furniture and the carpet and the just the, the, the materials we use in new construction, it'll smolder for a long time first. You yeah. don't have those big flames. The, like They'll generate a lot yeah. more smoke. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when they do erupt into flames, they burn yeah. a lot faster yeah. too. Yeah. Does anybody smoke in their house anymore i sure hope not but you, you know what people do we mm-hmm. go into those homes yep. and you know what's funny you walk up to those homes you can smell it outside the house yeah you ever notice that yeah yes yeah, so i'm sorry to digress but back in the day when i did do home inspections there was a guy who was, who was asking me he's like, we really love this house we love this location but there were, there was a heavy smoker in the mm-hmm. house he's like how do i get the smell out good luck uh, i Thanks. can tell you from personal experience can you Oh, yeah. I, I bought a home like that back in 2004. Heavy smokers rolled his own cigarettes. Wow. And he smoked inside the house. And those walls were yellow. Yeah. I mean, they used to yeah. be white. They were yellow. And everything got moved out. And we got a crew in there like me, my parents, my wife, a bunch of friends. And we got five-gallon buckets of water and TSP or something like TSP. I know you're not supposed to use TSP anymore. It was a different time. And and we, <laughs> and we would scrub these walls down with sponges. And, I mean, as you'd pull your sponge down, it just changed the color instantly. Gross. And you'd put the sponge in the water and you'd wring it out and the water would just turn yellow. Like, disgusting. You so you were to... able to save the drywall? You didn't have to? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it probably had like 30 layers of lead paint underneath all of it. <laughs> and so all well, we did was we cleaned it everything. really well, washed down all the surfaces, painted with like two mm-hmm. layers of kills. Wow. And then painted with whatever color what paint we wanted. Before we moved in, we had them all sanded down and refinished. Mm-hmm. And by the time we were done, I mean, there's nothing. And yeah, the duct work, no you probably had duct work all cleaned I had the duct work cleaned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder which is harder, to remediate a smoker's house or a a house that had an intense smoky fire inside of it? I'm going to guess a fire. I would guess that too, but I don't know. Damage Restoration Company would certainly know. Wow, in, yeah. in, in seven minutes, we, we got s- through one. We went through... We don't, the, we're not even done. We haven't even talked oh, about the benefits of yeah, photoelectric. We got to talk about photoelectric. You didn't even alarms. explain what photoelectric is. You're right. Oh, man. We got on a tangent. <laughs> All right. Let's jump away for just a quick second, and you can digest what ionization smoke alarms are now, and then we'll come back and we'll talk all about photoelectric smoke alarms. Hi, everyone. Bill Ulrich here with Structure Talk. Do you live in a home that has a homeowners association attached to it? Here's an interesting nugget. In 2019, Minnesota passed a law that requires all HOAs have a preventive maintenance plan in place. What's that you say? 
I know, right? And what's necessary is clear as mud. At Structure Tech, we put together an affordable solution to help HOAs meet this obligation. If your association isn't talking about this, they should be. Check out how we can help at StructureTech1.com. We've been working closely with management companies all year to come up with a win-win-win to meet this new requirement. Let us know if we can help at StructureTech1.com. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich, and I'm here alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. And we're here poking the bear, talking about smoke detectors. <laughs> and right before the break, we explained what a... Uh, I did that on purpose. <laughs> we need that shock dollar. Uh, right before the break, we explained what an ionization smoke alarm is. Uh, so Ruben, fill us in on what photoelectric smoke alarm is. So photoelectric responds to slow smoldering fires much faster. And when I say much faster, I'm talking like 15 to 20 minutes faster. That's statistically significant. Yes. Th- this is it's life huge. or death. This is life or death. Yeah. I mean, and I, I've got these videos on our website, you know, they, they do these tests. Fire departments will put a soldering iron on a couch and they'll let this room fill with smoke and it gets so smoky you can't even see across the room and the one thing there's there's a video that Tessa and I always show at these classes we mm-hmm. teach and the one thing that's not included in that video is what happens with the carbon monoxide levels this room mm-hmm. is filling with carbon monoxide to a really dangerous level people get so sleepy from that yeah. even when the smoke alarms eventually do go off yeah. set aside the fact that the room is filled with smoke you're disoriented you can't find squat on top of that, that room is filled with carbon monoxide. Nobody's even waking up when that smoke alarm eventually goes off. And you're thinking, well, you know, it goes off every time I I make toast, so I know it's ultra sensitive and I'm going to be fine. The problem is that that is responding to a flaming type of signature that burnt toast gives off or burnt foods give off. They don't go off when you have a slow smoldering fire. And so just about every time when you hear about somebody dying in a fire and they say they had working smoke alarms, it's because they had ionization alarms. That's what leads to deaths. Okay, so we have photoelectric. What's the mechanism? How does it work? How is it different than the ionization? Well, a photoelectric sensor senses the big smoke cells. It actually has a light that passes through this chamber. And if the light gets obstructed by smoke, that's when it sets off the alarm. It needs to see that. And so I guess the one downside of these is that they do need to be periodically vacuumed. You got to take a a wet dry vac or something and put the nozzle up to the smoke alarm and kind of suck dust off the sensor. Because if you do get a bunch of dust in there, you'll get nuisance alarms. And I think they're programmed to only go off at like 3 a.m., or after you shower if you've got one in the hallway and a steamy shower no fan and so every day this happens in our house because my (laughs) wife takes a shower and then she lights incense at the altar and sometimes we leave the the fan on and sometimes not but whenever the bath fan's not left on there's (laughs) enough draw on her because the furnace fan's running all the time it draws it back into the nearest bedroom we only have 14 smoke alarms up there next to all (laughs) of these the bedroom but it goes off every night it's like clockwork (laughs) i know they work yeah Yeah. right Yeah. yeah. Bottom line is there's a huge difference between these two types of smoke mm-hmm. alarms. And we're, we're a huge advocate of photoelectric. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've mentioned this during every home inspection we do. Even if we don't actually talk about it on site, we check the type of smoke alarm mm-hmm. people have. And we put that recommendation in our report. Exactly. So if somebody wanted to go and look at their device right now and understand 
what it is. What's the shortcut to knowing what you have? Most smoke alarms will say right on the back. So you can twist it, pull it off, and you can look at the underside of it. And it'll say ionization on it. Or if you see the word radioactive on it anywhere on the back, that is ionization as well. If it's photoelectric, a lot of times the photoelectric ones like say it right on the side and you don't even have to pull it down. You can see the word photoelectric. Yeah, yeah or you see an embossed P on the underside of it. Mm-hmm. That's the side that you can see. Yeah. You'll have an embossed the P face on there. Yeah. Yep. I would say though, it, it's pretty safe to say if you haven't, if you yourself haven't sought out and purchased a photoelectric smoke alarm, it's probably ionization I, in your house. I couldn't have said it any better, Tess. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Even in new construction houses. Yes, yes. That's what they put in. Wait a second. That's worth repeating. Even I, in new construction houses, they are typically ionization smoke alarms. They yeah. You don't have get the Cadillac on new construction? Uh, I'll tell you. You no. say typically, Tess. All the time. I, I have never, not once, yeah. found a photoelectric smoke alarm in new construction. I haven't either. It it doesn't exist. And why is that? It's because Mm -hmm. electricians buy smoke alarms by the pallet because they're Mm -hmm. doing new construction homes. And ionization alarms cost like five bucks less a piece. So that's not the builder's decision. That's the electrician's decision, probably. Probably. The builder could specify if they wanted. But the problem is most people don't even know that there's a difference. Nobody cares. They don't know what photoelectric is. They don't know what ionization is. And they don't care. And so they're just looking for the cheapest one available. Okay, so we're going to wrap this segment, but I have one quick question. You have a brand new house. You've got a brand new ionization. It's hardwired because they're all hardwired now. You pop that little bad boy off. Can you just click in a new photoelectric and put it right in there and it's just a 30 second DIY job? That's exactly what it is. You got to get the same type. I mean, there's there's two brands that kind of dominate the market. You're going to have First Alert and Kitta and you get the same one. It's going to have the same quick connect fitting. You pop it right back in. That's all there is to it. It's a really simple job. Is that how you say it? Kitta? Kitta, not oh. kitty. I, I, thought, I, said I always kitty thought it was kitty. Right? Yeah, I or always did kid. too. Yeah. But if if I I heard it on their website, I was watching one of the videos and they call themselves Kidda. Kidda. So, All right. Yeah. Okay, we're going to step away and take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to going to kind of button up this uh, smoke alarm conversation and then move on to carbon monoxide alarms. You've been listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. Hi everyone. Bill Ulrich from Structure Talk. We talk a lot about maintenance on the podcast. If you're like me, I'd rather be doing anything other than maintaining my house. Problem is, my neglectful nature can bring unexpected surprises. So what's a fantasy football fan like me to do? Punt! That's why I recommend Kira Home Maintenance. They actually like home maintenance, and they're happy to do it for you. For a couple dollars a day, they'll keep your home on track. They free you up to enjoy your weekends. Check them out at curahome.com. That's K-U-R-A home.com. Gotta get back to the game. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich. I'm alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman, and we're talking all things alarms and safety devices in your home on today's episode. And uh, nobody can see Ruben giving me the high five that I actually got it right, but I did. I know the the difference between an alarm and a detector. So let's get back to this. So how often are we replacing these devices? Tell me more. Tell me more. Every 10 years, the manual 
manufacturer states smoke alarms every is 10 years. Is that standard across the board? Yeah, I think that's pretty yeah. standard. Yeah. Ten, every that 10 years, replace them. Has it always been 10 years? I don't know any time it hasn't. Yeah, I'm going to say either. yes. Yeah. We'll go with yes. So can yeah. we, uh, until we have a hard yes here, we're just going <laughs> to follow the manufacturer's <laughs> recommendations for replacement, correct? Correct. Well, and it's 10 years. Okay. I mean, perfect. you're saying has it always <laughs> been 10 years? I don't know what it was 40 years ago. Maybe it wasn't. But 10 but... years ago, it was 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, okay. yes, it was. So then every 10 years. Yeah. And if you've got one on your ceiling that's yellow, kind of mustardy color, chances are it's it's over 10 years old. Yeah, you touch the plastic is, that's what we call breaks. a tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's how you know. If it's yellow, it's more than 10 yeah. years old. Yeah. And, and and if you want to know for sure, I mean, like Tessa said before, you'd give it that a little twist. You look at the backside. It's going to have a date code on there. If it doesn't have a date code, it's definitely more it's than 10 years old. Yeah. They've been doing date codes for like at least the last 15, 15. years. So even yeah. longer. Probably so. Yeah. yeah. OK, so let's talk about some of the, the new connectivity of these devices. There's new codes about these. Yeah. And I have an old house. Everybody knows I have a old house. I've only said 85 times. But how do I connect? a bunch of them. I'm not going to run a new wire and is... Oh, sure. And, you know, you're, you're talking about connecting them. They don't have to be hardwired. It's fine to have battery-operated smoke alarms. I mean, the current standard, if you're building a new home, they're going to be hardwired with a battery backup. But on old homes, it's perfectly fine to just have single-station, battery-operated smoke alarms. And side note on that topic, the current standard of safety is a smoke alarm in every room, ideally installed on the ceiling, right in the middle of the room. Next best place would be on the ceiling away from the middle, but somewhere on the ceiling, that's ideal. And then a smoke alarm in a common area on every level. So that's that's where you want to have them. If you don't have them in these places, get some. Okay, so point of clarification. You just said every room. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I meant did. to say sleeping room. Okay, my, my I thought okay. I was Perfect. hearing things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, every okay, sleep, okay. You don't need 27 room. smoke alarms. <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you picked that up. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, every awesome. sleeping room and one in a common area on every mm-hmm. level. Okay. So that's where they should be located. And the current standard is they got to be hardware, but old house, you can't do that. It's fine. But if you really want to go all out and make it as safe as possible, you can get wirelessly interconnected smoke alarms so that if you've got a big house and you've got one going off down in the basement, you sleep up on the second floor and you want to know about this fire going on down there and you're a heavy sleeper, you get them interconnected. So if one goes off in the basement, they all go off. It's wirelessly connected? Do you have to set up a wireless network for that? Oh, yeah, it's not going to be connected to your Wi-Fi. I'm sure there probably are some that are connected to Wi-Fi. Yeah. But the smoke alarms just connect to each other. I, I think... Hmm. I'll be I'll be wrong about this, but I think First Alert's version of that is called OneLink. That's that's the brand of their type of smoke alarm where they wirelessly interconnect. I installed them in my mother-in-law's home. Hmm. She's got an older home. I wanted to make sure she had the best protection there. And you know, one year for Christmas, awesome Christmas present. I got her photoelectric smoke alarms, which were wirelessly connected, and I put those in at her house. Just you're so she's, practical. She's so lucky to have <laughs> a son-in-law like you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, super exciting gift. But, uh, <laughs> Did she understand, you know, the importance she of that? Got it. She Did you got tell it. her she about photoelectric? Okay. Oh, yeah. She reads, yeah. She reads the blog. Oh, she's a big fan. <laughs> yeah. That's Jan. She's uh, awesome. Thanks, honey. 
Yeah. I've always wanted a bunch of photoelectric interconnected <laughs> smoke alarms. Yeah, well, just sort of always dreamed about it. But it's like, no, we're keeping families safe. You might not want it, but keeping I care family about members you. alive one person at this. a time. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so let's move on to carbon monoxide alarms. I have two questions about carbon monoxide alarms. Where do they have to be located? How often do you change them? That's already two. So now I have three. Mm-hmm. And are you truly protected with a carbon monoxide alarm? Like, sure. is it going to well, tell you if there's what levels of carbon monoxide are in your home? All right, I'll tell you, the basic requirement is you're supposed to have CO alarms within 10 feet of every sleeping room. That is the Minnesota statute. It was a statute up until 2015, and then it became a rule, which meant building officials had the right to enforce this. So it is a rule now. You need a CO alarm within 10 feet of every sleeping room. And what was your other one? How, how often do you replace it? It depends. Now, it always used to be either five or seven years, depending on the manufacturer. But then when they started making making all these CO alarms that were CO and smoke alarm combination devices. I People like me, I started telling people don't buy those devices because now you got to replace it after maybe five years or after seven years, whereas smoke alarms are good for 10 years. So this is just stupid. Don't buy them. Well, then the manufacturers magically increased the shelf life on these to 10 years. So now all the manufacturers say CO alarms, they're good for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you strike me as the person who would actually dig into that a little bit and understand, did they do more testing to make sure that alarm that was in there was different than the five-year alarm? I never dug into it, but you know what I think. (laughs) (laughs) I think that they crossed off five and wrote 10. I think that's as much as went into it as anything. I think Mm. it was just a change. Is it the sensor that actually goes bad on it then, on those CO alarms? I mean, I I think that's the concern. Because I I see so many CO alarms that are really old when I do home inspections. Like Like, 30 years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, older than me sometimes like plugged into a wall in there the night well, that, hawk that doesn't you know mean much, it was 30 over 30 years old you know <laughs> like the the night hawks they're still there yes. and they're plugged in and but they're not good they're not no. good anymore no you're no. saying those need to be replaced our home had a recent meltdown with one that expired Ooh. and it it just it decided to let us know that until it was in 48 pieces on the ground <laughs> in my garage it wasn't going to stop making a noise yeah how old was it 10 years it was well, yeah. And it went out with a bang. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so tell me about the levels that they're picking up on. If you have a CO alarm and it, it goes off, it's a life-threatening issue. Those those alarms are meant to go off to tell you to get out of the house and to save your life. And I can't remember exactly what levels. Usually, they'll only go off if it's, what, over 50 parts per million? I'm sure it's definitely over, over 50. Over 50 parts per million, but for a very long period of time. And the higher that level gets in your house, the shorter amount of time it takes for it to go off. So, I mean, it'll go off immediately if you have over what like hundreds of parts per million yeah i think if you're like 800 parts per million it's got to go off within like 30 seconds or something like that we don't have the standards memorized okay so it's got to be at that elevation for that length of time Mm -hmm. and that's a complicated device actually it is the the point is though like you can have low levels of carbon monoxide or even moderate levels in my opinion enough to make you feel kind of sick yeah enough to give you flu symptoms yeah it could make it could give you Headache, it could give you, it could make you tired, feel ill, nausea, all those things, and your CO alarm will never go off. So, is there a, another device you can put in that would detect much lower levels? Yeah, there are. There are low level CO alarms. And actually, one of the guys on our team, 
He bought a bunch of them because he had, was it a family member who, who had carbon monoxide poisoning from low levels in their house? They finally figured out what it was. And so he bought a bunch of these and asked if anyone on the team wanted wanted some. And I was like, yes, please. I actually, yeah. I have a water heater that is in my bedroom, bathroom area in our condo. And so I'm obviously paranoid that my water heater is going to backdraft. I'm going to die while I'm sleeping. You, the so, building scientist, <laughs> paranoid about yeah. a failure in Oh, man, I could go on and system. on with all the things wrong in my condo. But yeah, so I have one installed in my bedroom that's that's monitoring for low levels of carbon monoxide. Yeah. And I've, I've got one, too. I think just about everybody at Structure Tech owns one of these, a low-level CO2 detector it's called okay so that's a different device it's probably a little more expensive i would yeah they're about a hundred bucks each something like that i think we got a deal on them because dustin bought them in a in a big pack so i think they're a little bit more expensive yeah we ordered like 20 of them from the manufacturer and i think at 20 you got a good quantity break on yeah so So over 100 bucks probably well we're getting close to the end here but is there any other safety device you would recommend that people throw in their home just turn on your your kitchen hood vents when you're cooking over your gas stove yeah that's good advice hopefully you have a vent that vents the outside and if you don't open a window interesting note if you're baking too okay so five hours with the turkey in the oven that's why people uh, get sleepy carbon monoxide where does your stove vent to Huh. Into inside. your face. Into yeah. Your f- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lung filtered. It's a combustion appliance that vents the inside of your house. Very interesting news. I had no idea. I am here with a puzzled look on my face. I didn't, I really didn't. Well, and most people don't think about it. And it's not, you know, you are not required by code to have a a kitchen hood vent that vents to the outside when you have a a gas range. Yeah. So Tess, when you say turn on your kitchen fan, uh, that's, that's with an asterisk. If you have one. If you have one that vents to To the the outdoors, doesn't just Most people don't, I would say. Yeah. And it's surprising. Even new construction houses, nice ones, they'll just have a recirculating vent hood on the microwave or something else. Yeah. We'll talk to a lot of our clients who hire us for the new construction inspections. They'll say, yeah, we had to pay extra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The builder put Usually this it's a, at least outside. a thousand extra to do yeah. that. There you go. That's the tip of the day. And you probably want to know to have that ductwork put in before <laughs> they drywall went up. But uh, wow. You've been listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. Thanks, everybody, for listening. For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at StructureTech1.com.